to get your helmets on because it's going to get rough in here. All the way from Studio B, it's showtime for John, Ken, and Mark, the Detroit Sports Authority. Yes, 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 yes. The point where... (laughs) The point where you want to be again. As we see the music go somewhere else. Welcome to the uh, Detroit Sports Authority kiddies. Back on the air after a couple of weeks and, and feeling pretty good about that. Matter of fact, it'd probably be about a good time to bring in the Super CPA... Kenny Pocket and see what he's got to say before we do all this and all that. So, uh, two ringy dingies for Kenny. You ready? I am ready. All right, talk to whatever you're talking to because you sound so far away because it's been three weeks. Oh, yeah, definitely. If not longer. Three weeks it was. Yeah, it's been four weeks, I think, actually. Really? It's four weeks? Yeah, it's been a hell of a hell of a time, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, really, as we should say before, let's do the the preamble. Welcome to the Detroit Sports Authorities, where we are not bought and paid for by anybody. We have the highest standards here. We have. Oh uh, no! Don't say that. Because don't say we have the highest standards because Fox News said they have the highest standards. <laughs> Yeah, and so we we fired our own Tucker there. Okay, well, uh, um, well, Tucker, all tuckered out now. Yeah, thank. Uh, yeah, but wait till he goes to OAN. All right, <laughs> or else he he runs for president. That'd even be more fun to watch. Okay, so we have that. Let's see. We are authorities. We're not experts. That makes us one better than such. Um, all of our opinions expressed within is just our own, so don't bother us. We don't have the FCC here, but we do follow the DCA, DMCA rules, and so if the language gets a little salty, all flipping well. All right. So we haven't been here for a couple of weeks. Uh, we didn't abandon you, but um, at the particular point, um, Kenny had to go be the bullpen coach for the Detroit Tigers, and now look at the turnaround. Yeah, not only that, on my way back, I stopped at uh, Vegas and attended a fight, and there was this uh, young guy sitting next to me <laughs> putting down and putting it on social media. I mean, what the hell that was all about. I mean, I, I heard about that on the way in, but I didn't hear... Uh, the full story. They they found him there, and, and was it, it was at a fundraiser or something? Is there in dispute where he was? Yeah, I'm not sure about the long and short of it, but he was at some there was some kind of a fight there, and he went to Vegas. I mean, of course, if you get busted for gambling on, on any NFL premises, the first thing you're going to do is get on a plane and go to Vegas, right? Yeah, we better tell the folks who don't know what's going on our good. Uh, draft pick on the Detroit Lions who had played a whopping um, what, 
two, three. No, he, he played, played six, six games, but he made like one catch. Yeah, okay. And because he was hurt, and normally they say that the folks that have his injury come back about three months earlier than he did, Mr. Williamson. Um, but he kind of dogged it out allegedly, or maybe he really was hurt. And, you know, he wanted to be at 100% before he came back. Okay, either way, it, it kind of that part doesn't really matter. What matters is, you know, that he gets busted for gambling in the NFL, which is a huge no-no. We don't know why, because there's so there's so much gambling. They they partner with with uh, what Fanduel? Or, yeah, they don't want the they don't want the players gambling because that can create uh, credibility issues like the NFL doesn't have any already, right? Yeah, but the thing is that he could have gone 100 feet outside of that building and placed the bet. You know, it was you can't place a bet inside of the building. And one of the biggest hypocrisies are you could go to the the, um, first level and you can place a bet there at one of those kiosks. So... (laughs) You know, you don't want betting in the building. I get it. But you don't want the players to bet in the building, but they could go to their car and place the bet. You're still placing the bet, but you can't place it inside there. I mean, I it's more of a logistics kind of thing. But I, I don't, you know, do you buy the whole thing is that he wasn't betting allegedly on an NFL, uh, NFL game? Right. And if he had, then he'd be out of here because... The other a couple other guys did bet on NFL games, and they got a year and were subsequently cut by the team. Yeah. Okay. So the whole point is, but then again, now let's go back to the real deal. It just shows if this is how this goes. Here's your mature of a dude that's a first round coddled draft pick that Detroit burnt some capital to move up to. And everybody, I can't imagine anybody who said this was such a great idea to move up to get an injured player, you know, because who would have dropped anyways. And now you have a guy that's played five games in about two seasons, and he was still trying to get himself in game shape. All right. What do you think, Kenny? I think it's time to go out and draft the other immature player who's uh, Jalen has some legal issues. Yeah, it's time to go out and load up on these guys. Is, is there oh, s- is there something about um, about Alabama players? You know, well, it's Nick Saban's the coach. You know, he's yeah. looking for a common thread. You know, I'm sure he has the highest standards, just like Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was the people were saying, "Well, my God, look at the guy! You know, Jameson's going to be out of this money. Williamson's going to be out of this money. You know, it's like he played for Alabama. How much money do you think he made? <laughs> Lots, <laughs> allegedly. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it, it's kind of, but you you kind of kind of see where the kid comes from if the scenario is. You know, as we think it to be, here you got a coddled, entitled uh, athlete who all of his mm-hmm. life he was probably, like, given the best treatment possible and we'll take care of everything for you. You just go out there and be the speeder that you are 
You know, you, you just be the greatest, and, and we'll take care of the nuts and bolts of life. And so he doesn't, and it doesn't apply to him. And they, if you know anything about the NFL, they pound it in your head. No gambling, no gambling, no gambling, no gambling. It's like every other word at the meeting. No gambling, no gambling, no gambling. So he knew the thing was, and I thought he only got six games because he was a rookie. You know, he got six games because he didn't bet on an NFL team? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't hear that. I mean, I'm impressed that's what it was. Yeah, he got six games because he did. It wasn't an NFL game that he bet on. It was wow. Something else. Way to go, Cepus. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys did. Yeah, but they didn't have the draft capital to do this. I mean, guys, you're paid fairly well. How much more do you want to gamble and screw that up? If if an NFL uh, career is three months, I mean, three months, three years on average. You know, what? And, and it's not like some other team is going to pick you up on a hundred thousand dollars show me contract. Now you're going to be kind of like radioactive. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. And you know, let's face it: the biggest bet that he made was not through the website. The biggest bet that he made that he just lost was placing the bet at all. Yeah, actually, you're right. You know, and th- then again, you kind of want. Just for shakes and giggles, you just want to go, What? how much did you bet that blew out your career? You know? Yeah. Did you put down a $100 bet and you lost your career forever? Because Cephas was kind of a, you know, it was okay. I mean, it was kind of a good in case you needed another back. He was coming along, you know? I mean, but he lost them all last year to injury. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of, I know they were calling his number late and stuff, and so you always hope, you know, these kids come through. But, wow, I mean, right about now it's sinking in, or it will sink in when they start doing, you know, the OTAs, and it was like, wow, okay, now what? You know, now yeah. I get to sit home. I mean, it's it's one year, but it's as long as they want it to be, one year minimum. Right, he can apply. He can apply for reinstatement after a year. Wow, wow. All right. Well, good luck to you. So now, hopefully, that doesn't change the Lions because you can get wide receivers as walk-ons. You yeah. know, I mean, you don't have to change your uh, whatever your war room had because look at all those uh, players in the draft. Ken, that are dropping so far right now. Well, they're dropping from what? Oh, I was waiting for you to go, you can't drop. I mean, do that whole Kenny thing about dropping. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, I mean, dropping from what? From the from incorrect media, media projection of where they thought you're supposed to go? Now, let's not confuse media with half of these guys that bring out a mock draft. All right. Oh, I got to tell you, the, the best mock draft of all that I saw just a couple days ago it was on sure. Walter Football. Who? Okay, so this guy, Walter Football, it's a website <laughs> that you do scouting and stuff on here. This guy does his draft. He, it, for the Lions, he says at six they're going to take Bijan Robinson. Okay, mm-hmm. but he says, but he wouldn't be surprised to see them take Weatherspoon there instead. So you dropped out in the 18. Who do you think he has him picking 
at 18. Jalen? Weatherspoon. Mm. And, oh, by the way, his alternative choice there, Bajan Robinson. Ooh. It's like the only way this works is if you're saying that 6 and 18 are interchangeable. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, if you think that that one of the two are going to drop that far, but then again, you got you know six right now, and six is looking pretty damn good. You know, a month ago, everybody goes, okay, four quarterbacks, and then you guys get your pick of whoever and whoever. You know, and now you know I I could easily see because of all this crap that went on with the Lions, I can easily see Jalen falling to Chicago. And he fell only because he was supposed to go to Detroit. You know, he's not an every down back. I didn't think he would. I mean, he's a monster and he's crazy, but I don't like the fact that you're going to be bringing another Alabama person with you, another SEC person with you. Thank you. No, thank you. You know, yeah, and, you know, the word is, the word is he's lazy. He takes plays off. He doesn't work hard in practice. So doesn't that sound like the culture we keep talking about? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds like, sounds like the Alabama culture. sounds like the SEC culture, you know? Yeah, doesn't it, though? Yeah. Here's, here's, here's the thing. You know, we talk about the draft, and, you know, you hear it's the best player available, right? You like these best player available. I hate well, that. it's actually best value available, right? Yeah, right. Because you got to look at you're going to draft a guy – and, you know, there is certain positions are more valuable than others. And, you know, you got to look at the scheme you're going to play him in and how does he fit in the scheme. And I was thinking about that, and I said, well, you know, let's take a look at this. Is there some way to evaluate positional value? And I said, well, you know, not not through the draft per se, but no. let's take a look at the contracts. So I went to Spot Track, and they listed the contracts out by position. Okay. And I said, well, what if you take the top, the top five contracts at each position and average them out? Okay, by, by AAV, that's the average annual value. And obviously the number one was quarterback. The top five quarterbacks average $48 million a year. Right. Okay, the next position on the list was wide receiver. At 27. So I said, well, that's pretty impressive. I said, so, because you know, when you think about it, when you're drafting a guy, a lot of a lot of people have hooked on to the fact that you want to have a quarterback or a rookie contract because you get such a discount on him, you can spend the money building the rest of your team. And it's true, except that the quarterback's uh, such a boomer bust uh, venture anyway that you can, you know, you can spend all your draft capital on the quarterback. Yeah. And then not have any draft capital attract other players. Unless you're the Jets, and then you get a fine quarterback, and you only go drop two places. You know what? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that shortly. That's where the whole segment in itself. Just you know, just again going back to the value, and then the next tier was uh, left tackle or the quarterback killers, which would be defensive end, outside linebacker, defensive tackle. And then right behind that is cornerback. Some people say, well, I don't want to draft a quarterback high. Well, that actually is a semi-premium position. Uh, but, you know, being that as it may, I'm looking at it going, okay, well, what happens if you're year six and you don't like any of the quarterbacks coming out? Yeah. There are no wide receivers ranked that high. 
and they picked clean the bones of the quarterback killers. What do you do? Well, they can't draft a cornerback. Well, yeah, actually they can. If that's the best value to your team that's left on the board. This is not going to be a strong draft by any means. And, you know, as you see some of the late movement, it's kind of funny because Will Anderson had been hyped up so much. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of the analysts that I think, you know, usually make a lot of sense, like a Chris Sims or a um, Greg Cosell. They've been talking about how, you know, this guy's undersized, and he put put on weight to be able to handle the run better and cut down on his mobility and his moves. You know, they look at him as a, a good player but not elite. So now everybody's excited. Well, he might drop to six. Well, he might drop past six. <laughs> it depends on what else is out there. You want? I mean, so, I, I can't believe you're letting all this stuff go without giving the Ken Pocket slap you upside the head. People can't drop if they never dropped if they never stopped anywhere. So that's exactly it. Because what we've what we've seen so far is meaningless stuff. You know, for a guy to publish a, a mock draft out there before the teams have done their work even. Yeah. The teams don't even know where they're going to slot these guys. But, you know, hey, I've got a, uh, I've got a keyboard, and I'm going to type out this thing called a mock draft. Oh, well, you know, I had him going third. Well, now i got him going eighth. He's falling. Yeah, he, is, he hasn't moved at all. Well, it, it's kind of, yeah, right. You can't fall if you've never been drafted, you know. But, I mean, I can understand on draft day, if you were projected to go, say, Bryce Young, you, you're projected to go, say, number one, and he doesn't go to number 15, you dropped 15 spots for a consensus number one. There isn't a consensus number one, but of all the – it is kind of funny how it's kind of like a horse race. You can lead three-quarters of the race, but coming down to the stretch – all of a sudden, you see names fade, but it's because this is BSS bullshit season, you know, where yeah. teams go, "Oh, you know, I feel better talking to Jalen now." You feel better, but you yeah. didn't say anything about this guy's for us, you know. Yeah. You, you put out that stupid little smoke screen of what you're going to do. I mean, where do you think Bryce Young's going to go, Ken? Oh. He'll probably go number one. Really? And the reason, yeah, the reason I say he'll go number one is, first of all, Carolina traded up to one. If they were sitting at one, they may be able to sell not drafting a quarterback. But to trade up to one and to not take a quarterback, I don't know. They, 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 that would be crazy. So they're going to draft a quarterback. Now, who are the alternatives? Well, let's see. You got uh, Stroud. Well, they they put Stroud through that test. They found out that he graded out like a third grader. I mean, is that true reality. though? It was that true, or was that that somebody put that out there and nobody really said, "Wait a minute," you know? I mean, did they do that for a smokescreen, or is that really that's the real deal? <laughs> I don't know, but all the hype that pushed him up to the top of the draft may have been smokescreen as well. That is true. It is an Ohio State quarterback, except for the fine friend with Chicago. Have you been terribly impressed with Stroud over his career? I mean, look at when he played Michigan. No. I'm not impressed with any Ohio State. Ohio State functions well in the Big Ten, and they function well in Ohio State. They don't function well outside 
in the real world. You know, I mean, I you can go all the way back to Art Schleister, you know, who, yeah. how, I mean, and that guy was such a number one, number one, number one. And then it's like, uh, keep the dice away from me, please. Oops. Talk and about then, And then the other two that they're talking about, Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Well, they, they those teams played each other during the year. Yeah. And the quarterback play between the two of them was such a shit show. It was horrible. I mean, people that watched the watched the game, most of them couldn't make it all the way through. Yeah, but they were saying that Levis didn't have any kind of supporting cast, and so they kind of he was kind of out there to dry. But he did a hell of a job with what he had. That may be true, but again, you know, yeah, you look at that and you say, okay. Uh, to what extent is that the, his supporting cast? Well, how can you make an evaluation then of his upside if he wasn't able to display it? Because you and, get you know, that feeling. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> got, That's what we always used to say about Matt Stafford here, right? <laughs> no, no, they used to say we we never did enough for him. We never gave him right. the tools. We never gave him the opportunity to succeed. Stupid mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, okay, that so happened. If people want to go chasing these quarterbacks, that's on them. Yeah. But I think you're stuck in a position, if you're Carolina, where you've traded up to number one, you got to take a quarterback, and you're going to take the scrawny little guy. It's not just that he's short. He's short and thin. You know, a couple of good bangs by a defensive end, and he'll be wobbling around. He'll be... Sh- He'd be rattling like a bag of quarters. Okay. So, so, but you're stuck. You have to take a quarterback one, so you're going to take him. Now, you get to number two, and there's plenty of number two in this draft. <laughs> but Houston's going to look at it and going to say, okay, if we could trade out of this pick, we would. But we can't trade out of this pick because nobody wants to trade up to pick any of these clowns. Yeah, but someone's going to get happy feet on draft day. They always do, and it's some dumb team like Atlanta or somebody that would do that. Raiders. Raiders, yeah. Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on, man. Job <laughs> exact there, Kenny. Good job. Yeah, Raiders. Every every year they make a pick where you go, Oh, my God. The hell is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how so? Yeah. I'm going to flip it around the other way, though. I talked about the premium positions, right? I'm going to talk about the low low end. And of all the positions that I I ranked, the the lowest one on the totem pole, and we're not talking special teams here, the lowest paid position was strong safety. Okay? The next one up was center. Really? Yeah, yeah. And wow. yeah, strong safety was uh, about ten. Center was about thirteen. About thirteen and a half. The next one up was running back. Yeah, nobody pays for a running back. Yeah, third from the bottom. Now, for everyone that says we should tr- uh, we should pick Bijan Robinson. No, no. Well, you know, you not only look at the talent, but you also look at the financial implication on your cap. If you're going to take he running back in the first round. You're going to pay him a contract based on where you slot him. If your top five running backs average about $14 million a year, you're not getting much of a discount. 
You're better mm-hmm. off using those picks on players that you would have to pay more for on the open market and sign a damn running back. Or you take, if again, you look at this running back class, there are plenty of good running backs coming out. You take one later. You spend your money, you spend your assets somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the, the funny thing is, why would you do that, though? I mean, to the point where... I, if if people get together on the Ken Pocket School of Build a, a Build a Bear, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's O line, O line, O line. Where does the O line guys come in on? Okay, uh, the left tackle was in the tier right below wide receiver because you had left left tackle and quarterback killers. You group them all together. Yeah. Now, defensive tackle, the inside guys, they were slightly a above the uh, end and the uh, left tackle, but that's because of the Aaron Donald contract. His average uh, value is about $30 million. If you scale him back to more toward the norm, it brings him right in line with the uh, defensive ends and the, uh, and the um, left tackle. Left tackle is about 21. Right tackle is about 19. Yeah. Okay, guard's about, guards about 18. So your your um, offensive line, yeah, your premium guys in the offensive line are premium players. They're not tip top, but they're well paid. And the idea that uh, oh, you can't pay a guard that much, you can't draft a guard that high, <clears throat> bullshit. So I'm looking at a guy like Skaronski, and I'm saying, you know what? If you don't like what's available there, take a take Skaronski at six, or if you trade down a little bit, that's fine. But I, I, I wouldn't hate it if he took Skaronsky at six. Oh, he's got short arms. Yeah, you know why the uh, tackles don't primarily make it with shorter arms? Because you don't play him at tackle, you play him at guard. You don't give him a chance to play tackle. You know, again, it's that, pre, that uh, pre-existing bias where you don't give a guy a chance. So you just say, oh, you got short arms, you can't play tackle. I think he'd probably do fine if you put him right tackle. You know, there's... So if you bring him in and you play him at guard for a couple of years, and then you when uh, when Decker moves on, you shift uh, Penny Sewell over to left tackle and you move Skaronski to right, you keep the ball rolling. Yeah. Particularly I mean... with this offense, because you've got a guy in Jared Goff who, frankly, if he's running for his life, he'll kill you. He's shown what a train wreck he can be True. with the poor offensive line. But he's deadly in the play action. So if you have a strong offensive line and a strong running game, he'll, he'll pick you apart. And we saw that last year. So, uh, again, you have to play to your strength, and I certainly would not hate them spending more resources on keeping the offensive line going. Yeah, see, that's kind of the thing that we were looking at, too. But it, you, you also go... Okay, great. You don't need a running back because God knows whatever Detroit's got right now. Okay, so no running back for you. If you keep, if you make that offensive line like the Hogs, you know, were at one time in Washington, you can do a lot of stuff when you got a lot of time for your quarterback and your running backs to do things. That's the yeah. genius move. Wide receivers and stuff will also benefit by having a lot of protection for your quarterback. So beef, beef, beef. Find anybody from Wisconsin. Find anybody from Iowa. You know, put, I mean, traditionally the best, I mean, just big, fat dudes that would have talent. Great talent. 
You know, on both sides of the ball, I want big, fat guys who can shovel their people out of the way. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what we're looking at, too. And that's what makes it, you know, the way to go. Don't go for the glamour shots. Don't go for, I mean, you can keep a mediocre, and I give you Colapolo, you know, I give you any of these quarterbacks that are are so-so, but they went to the Super Bowl because they had time to let the play develop, you know. Absolutely. And as long as you don't have to have Goff as happy feet, even though he had a great uh-huh. line in in, in um, L.A., that, that to me was surprising. You know, he had a great mm-hmm. line in L.A., so he should have been able to do better. We'll see. But then okay. again. Okay. Time for another statistic. Ready. Okay. Now, you think of the Super Bowl era. What is the average age of the winning quarterback uh, and you only count the first time the quarterback won the Super Bowl. So if you have multiple, a guy won it multiple times, you only count the first year. Average age of the quarterback winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. 29. All right. Well, I know it's different now because of the, the salary cap. Da, 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 da. Okay, let's just take the last 10 years. 28. Yeah. You know, for all these people chirping about you have to have a quarterback and his rookie contract. Yeah, but you're okay. not going to get to four, though, are you? Here's, here's the problem. A, a quarterback and his rookie contract generally has how many years of experience leading an NFL offense? Yeah, well, unless you get lucked out and you get to be like a Mahomes or something that, that you kind of get a pre-built team or – you're that good mm-hmm. that you can come in there. I mean, any NFL team is licking their chops. If you can get super talent out of your quarterback and you're paying them 500000 you know, mm-hmm. all car. Because really... They're called, the, they're called the unicorn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's fascinating to me, the, the way they do it. But really, I have... You're right. I have no problems, you know, beefing up that O-line with real talent. Just don't give me fat guys. Give me talent. You know, talent to to hold everybody out, hold that rush out. You know, of course they want to get, you know, somebody. And then you you need really a linebacker. An O-linebacker would be fine. You know, give me, God, where is, or even give me a a Dick Buckus anywhere. You you know, you got even a Sue. A Sue was fairly decent at one time. To get somebody that you fear, somebody like a Donald, that you just roll your eyes and go, oh, my God, I don't ever want to play against this guy, you know. Mm -hmm. But then after that, away you go. So, okay, now what, you know? Yeah, I I just look at the craze about quarterbacks, and I say, you know, the idea of the young whippersnapper quarterback that comes in – Generally, it's true. I mean, first of all, you look at guys that have won multiples, right? Right. And if you've won one, you come back and you win another one or two or three, you know, sometimes it's the experience that helps you. But you look at guys that have won Super Bowls and they're already established veterans. You look at a guy like, uh, well, Matt Stafford. How old was Matt Stafford when he won the Super Bowl? He was in his 30s. Okay, and he certainly was a better quarterback when he won the Super Bowl than when he had just gotten into the league. Because we remember uh, some of the poor decisions that he made, and it took him years to develop into a 
super bad, uh, Super Bowl quality quarterback. But you got to remember, uh, though, the age for Pardon? age for him doesn't matter because he would have been here in his thirties, in his forties, in his fifties. He still wouldn't have won anything. You know, he well, went to know, L.A. because they got they had the weapons and everything all set to go. Here, they didn't have jack shit, so it doesn't matter how old yeah. he was. You know, he always had the right. talent, I guess. Right. Well, he had the talent, but he didn't. He hadn't didn't have the he hadn't developed. Yeah. Let's go like that. In the last two, three, four years, you could see that he'd progressed, but because the team around him was such shit, it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to go back through. And it's not just Stafford, but you look at guys like, uh, you know, you look at a Joe Flacco, and Flacco was a crummy quarterback, a strong team around him. True. Um, you know, Drew Brees had been around a while when he won his Super Bowl. Um, we remember Brad Johnson. He kicked around for a while. Ooh. You know, everyone likes to say Trent Dilfer, but Kurt Warner had been through a bunch of stuff. Steve Young, I mean, he washed out with Tampa, and he came back later on. Doug Williams, another one. Doug Williams, uh, Jim yeah. Clunkett, Joe Theismann. You know, you go through the list of quarterbacks, and you go, you know, a lot of these guys weren't spring chickens when they're out there. But oh. they've been around, and they've got experience. And, you know, that, that counts for a lot. But no, 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 we got to have the young quarterback on the, the rookie contract because if you pay your quarterback too much money, you can't fill the rest of your team. That's an excuse. And yeah. I look at Jared Goff and I say, you know what, when the time comes, you sit down and you talk to the guy and you say, look, here's how much money we have budgeted for you. That's your market value. Now, if you think you want to get another $5 million a year playing for some bullshit team like, oh, maybe the Raiders or the uh, the Commanders or somebody like that, hey, God bless you, okay? But this is, this is where we have you slotted, and let's face it, you're having the best time of your life here because you're helping us build the offense that you're running. Yeah, but you know what? You feel like paying two thirty for him. If that's what the market bears, that's what the market bears. I don't have a problem with it because why? Because we're looking at it in terms of the, the uh, salary cap today. But that contract won't hit under today's salary cap. This salary cap is going to jump quite a bit in the next couple of years, and by the time his money hits, the cap's going to be a lot higher. So. Yeah, but I, I go back to what uh, Ken Pocket would say routinely after every single season that the Lions are done. And, and to paraphrase and not to quote, uh, momentum means nothing. You Correct. know, and for everybody that goes, but look, they went eight and one. They got it. They they got it all together. They got the whole thing. There is so much difference. Now everybody knows the Lions are coming. Now you play the tougher teams. Now you don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know nothing. I mean, everybody because they they finished at eight and one on a soft schedule. You know, they still had to play the teams and they still had to do what they had to do. But look at the teams that had to win, say, close to the holidays and beat the Lions. You know, and just because you beat Green Bay, I mean, you had a quarterback was already checked out there. Okay, that means that stands for something. You know, you start this year brand new. People think they're, they're so close to Super Bowl contention. The chance of them winning their division 
gets pretty close depending on what Minnesota does because Chicago sure. isn't going to help you out and Green Bay is going to be a mess unless all of a sudden Jordan Love gets some kind of crazy uh, Pepsi that he drinks and he lights it up and they find out that he's another Rodgers after, you know, the, like this long line of quarterbacks that seem to come out of nowhere for Green Bay. Okay. So, I I mean, as much as everybody goes, we're one piece away, we're one piece away for Detroit, you haven't shown us anything. What was that record last year, guys? What was that record? You know? And if you're proud of a losing record again, you know? But, I mean, what's the chances of them finishing second and or, depending what Minnesota does again this year? You know, finishing first. Everybody was so excited because, hey, we're going to have Jameson Williams for the year. <laughs> Oops. It's like, you know what? This this fits into the same old Lions. Yeah. Okay? This is the typical same old Lions stuff, okay, where you're you're all excited. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then, or, or, or. Yeah, you're right. I mean, think about it, Kenny. It's like getting, it's like getting the droopsies on your wedding night. You know, it's like, well, shit. What's, no. <laughs> what, what's a droopsie? Never heard of that. Okay. Subsequently, though, think about, Ken, when everybody was coming out of, um, you know, that we're the worst losers, uh, hard knocks. You know, everybody was, oh, man, we're so hyped up for Hard Knocks. Oh, look at the guy. He gave the big speech. And, oh, boy, we're ready this year. Oh, boy. And and how did they start the season? You know, remember, every, remember the, it was the hype was the highest. Oh, we're going to be great this year. Look at how good they all came together. Look at the, the videos and the shows. You know, we really got it together. And they laid an egg for the first half of the season. So now it's almost that same hype. So now I, you know, if these guys go four in season, six in season, seven in season, you know, it's like Lucy pulled the football again. I mean, that's how bad, you know, you guys are falling for the hype again. The Lions still have not shown you anything. They have still no. shown you a losing season, and you and these idiots are getting like you know we're one piece away from Super Bowl. Christ, you're not even anywhere near a play-in game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like like what I want to say to Jameson Williams. You haven't won anything yet. True that. True. That's absolutely I mean, true. Strut around. I want I want jersey number one. You have you caught one pass. The number one's going to be for the pass that you caught, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But we've been through this before. Yeah, Another one right. bites the dust and all the other crap that we've had to listen to over the years. And it's like, you know what? Prove it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we're tired of this. And, and Detroit, yeah. as, as a community, as, you know, Metro Detroit, the state of Michigan or whatever, all they want is a decent effort and you'll be rewarded forever i give you kiss and the jay giles band you know i mean they put on a hell of a show and and where did they make their fortunes and where they get their bounce here you know the same thing is i mean we love you know mccarty you know who was okay player but i mean to this day he still you know never bought a dinner in detroit 
for whatever yeah. he did. We like people that put out a hard effort and go, you know. Yes, and, and, so, and that's why you know when I look when I look at the Lions, I, I, I kind of say, okay, you know, you've talked a lot about culture, right? And then you get this. Well, let's see what happens here. I think I I have a model of culture building that I'm going to use as the standard here, and that's Mr. Iserman. Because when Iserman was the uh, GM in Tampa, he spent draft capital on a player named Jonathan Druan. And he put up with Druan for a little bit over a year. And then traded his ass to Montreal. And Montreal said, oh my God, we got this great player He's a French-speaking player. He's the model for our franchise, da-da-da. And Eisman says, I got Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. And Drew in had major problems in Montreal, actually left the team for a while, and it's just, it's not been good. And Eisman, he basically took a look at a guy, said he's not, he's not a good fit here, moved on. He did the same thing now with Verano. Okay, and I'm looking at that going, okay, you know what, Lions, you have an opportunity here. This guy's um, guaranteed money has been slashed drastically. You have a way, if you need to, to get out from under him. Keep the leash short. Okay, now if you're going to double down and you think, well, we can't move on from this guy because look at all the capital we spent on him. Look at how bad it would look if we had to get out from under him, da-da-da-da-da, that's not going to work, okay? If you have a guy who makes you look like shit and you give him a pass, I go back to Jacques Demers, who had a goaltender, Greg Stefan, who walked out on the team during the playoffs. And then he let him back in. And within a year or so, Demers was no longer coach. Yeah, okay? that was a I'm weird saying, time. You really, you, really, you really want to... And have people buy into your culture. Well, guess what? You got a hard decision you may need to make here. Is it all bullshit, or do you really mean it? You know, I I absolutely positively hate the term culture. It's kind of like to me like woke. You know, it's like yeah. what exactly does this fucking mean? You know, yeah. it's kind of like, well, we're, we're building a culture. We're building, well, you're building a culture and we got five guys, six guys that are gone on gambling charges, seven guys. All right. So what culture did you just build? You know, is that a culture meaning, you know, red, white, and blue in the American way kind of thing? And, you know, we make sure that we're good to small children and animals kind of thing. You know, I mean, what is a culture? It seems to be this bullshit catch-all kind of phrase where nobody ever questions it. It's like, exactly what do you mean by culture? Nobody ever calls anybody on that. Culture is for yogurt, and that's it. I'm I'm looking at it going, okay, you know, for all the talk that you're putting into this, are you you willing to make a hard decision if, if you have to? You know, you, you spend a lot of capital on this guy, and if he looks like he's going to be a cancer, how long are you going to hang on to him? I'm not yeah. ready to cut him at this point, but, you know, short leash. 
you know, you sit him down and say, look, buddy, you need to grow up or you're going to ship out. Yeah, I mean, really, you kind of kind of like a, a Zach Wilson situation with the Jets, you know. Yeah. I mean, you came in feeling like you, that you were entitled, and your entitled got you smashed in on the bench, you know, for, especially for being this big deal first round. And thank God, because the mom was trying to be such a media event herself. It was like, get the hell out. It reminds me yeah. of, of the that fine basketball dad with his three boys in the NBA or trying to. <laughs> and where the hell did he go? People got tired of that act in a hurry. Trump did it better yeah. and did it faster. You know, go yeah. home. All right, so we got that going on, and oh, but look at this! I mean, everybody, including the Joe Douglas, the the GM of the Jets, think this is going to be so good for Zach Wilson that they got, you know, the old pro with them right now. Yay! Because um, because, because Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to take Zach Wilson under his wing. And he's going to tutor him just like he did with Jordan Love. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, here we go. Matter of fact, it, it just popped up over. Uh, General or yeah, General Manager of the Jets, Joe Douglas, says, in quote, I feel like this is going to be a great thing for Zach. Zach's ceiling is unlimited. No one works harder. No one loves the ball more than Zach Wilson. Having... Him having an opportunity to really shadow and be with a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback every day, that's a great opportunity and great experience until reality hits you. You know? That sounds to me like a general manager who is not willing to cut his losses. Yeah, that's a general manager that's praying to God. You know? I mean, it's like all it takes, you know, really, Aaron is in his decline. Right now, yeah. at 40 years old, I mean, it's a natural thing. Your body's been hit. And we, we saw, you know, his, he wasn't – you You could roll back the tape, Kenny, for you and I for the last two years, and we kept going, are you afraid of Green Bay? Are you scared of Green Bay? No. They didn't have any weapons, and Aaron Rodgers wasn't all that great. You know, yeah. I mean – so okay, even though the Jets has a hell of a has a way better team than Green Bay is right now, or it has a couple mm-hmm. of years. So now you plug this guy in, change the scenery. I mean, if you wow New York, man, this guy's going to be the second coming of Namath. But it's fool's gold. It's going to be like one or two years. It's like when Montana moved on. You know, it was okay, and then you should get out of the league while you're on the top, dude, because you kind of diminished your your big deal shine. So, and you're right, Rodgers did nothing for Jordan Love. Nothing. You know, if anything, he tried to hold him back. So, good luck. I mean, really, and for everybody, for, for the GM to say nobody works harder than Zach Wilson, please, you know, you were... That's uh, no. It, it's Aaron Rodgers at this particular point. Something flipped off in his brain about three years ago, you know. And he is nothing but Aaron Rodgers. All Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and he he's like you know, like Elon. They just somehow something flipped out in their heads. Yeah. Anyways, the thing is, the thing is, they're so good at is getting people to look at them. 
Yeah, they're, they're, one thing Rogers is very good at is look at me. Yeah, we're going through an age of the uh, attention whore. Yeah. You know, whether it be, and it's normally people that don't have anything to sell. I mean, I give you any kind of, of uh, Kardashian, you know, I give yeah. you some weirdo folks that were in Congress or still in Congress, you know, they do this weird, weird shit, but they don't have yeah. anything to sell. I mean, what does George Santos have? You know, I'm, I'm a liar. Okay, great. You know, and it's everybody was so mad about that and stuff. I mean, he the guy went to the ultimate and went for the most lies he could possibly do. He bullshitted everything, and yet he's still there. Okay. He's still there. So now he raised the bar. Everybody else was, like, bullshitting, like, 75%. He went to 110. And now everyone yeah. goes, well, when I, I mean, we're, that's normal now. You know, so now yeah. we're going to have to have somebody come on and just, you know, say, I, I don't even know what you could do, you know, anymore. Because we had people, you know, white people masquerading as black. We had, you know, all kinds of things going on. We, ugh. Anyways, going off on the side there. However, if you're going to have that rocking and rolling, it's going to be fun to see what Jordan Love could really do because he sucked badly. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I would like to see. Does Green Bay play uh, New York? Play the Jets this year? I don't think so. No, uh, I think that because yeah, we played the East. Our division played the East and AFC East last year. Okay, so they're out of the rotation this year. Wow, it's it's only too bad because it'd be interesting to see what kind of uh, applause he gets back there in Green Bay. Yeah, it was like when. Uh, the Lions played the Rams a couple years ago, and that was yeah. fun. But this would be a whole, especially if it was in Green Bay. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's like dangling, dangling. I mean, that's the only thing that the folks in Green Bay have sports-wise is this team, and it's a hell of a team, you know? Yeah. And when you take, the quote-unquote, the heart of it, but they, they were relying on that engine to go way too long. I mean... Green Bay people, you know, they just, everything was Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, even though damn well they knew that, when was the last time you guys went to the Super Bowl in the Aaron Rodgers, well, you know, era? 2010. 2010. Do we bring up the 1984 Tigers thing? How long are you guys going to wait? No? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 13 years at a 40-year-old quarterback, which 40 is not old in human life, but it's ancient in football when you've been your body is, especially quarterback, that you've been crushed since you were 11. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are some freaks. I give you the guy that can't figure out if he's going to really retire from Tampa or Miami or just keep going for it, but they're far and few between. Okay, so now... If you're uh, in Baltimore, you're signing your quarterback. No. <laughs> no. Well, you get him anyway, son. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of dangling out there, and you know, I, you know, give him the franchise tag. If he doesn't show up, you let him let his ass sit. You're not going anywhere with him anyway. What do you, what do you have there? You have a running back playing quarterback. Yeah. He's not that good throwing the ball. He's real good running the ball. But we see what happens with running backs. They get the crap beat out of them. 
So, I mean, this guy is probably, you know, he's got another year or two left before he sees the big decline. And you're going to guarantee all that money for him? Hell no. Yeah, but see, now this goes back to something that just kind of acts what you just said a couple of minutes ago to the point where, well, the money won't hit until later on. See, there are some quarterbacks that are not worth a quarter of a million dollars no matter what the market says. You know, they're just right. not. So, and you, you kind of do a hard pass. Okay. You know, and I, I seriously don't think golf, based on eight games, let's look back at how shitty he was last year, how shitty he was in the beginning of the year. You know, and eight games tells me nothing. I mean, you want to take a look at what your record is in Detroit. <laughs> you know, no, the difference the difference last year wasn't the offense. The difference was the defense. The offense was a top five offense pretty much throughout the year, but the defense improved, and that's when they went on the run at the end of the year. Um, so I look at a guy like Goff, and I say, you know what, in the right situation, you're a good quarterback, okay? It doesn't mean you're an elite quarterback, but in the right situation, you can be quite effective. Yeah, but elite- and if you're willing to take a contract where you're paid as such, fine. But if you think you're going to go out there and you're going to sign a contract with, you know, I don't know, the Cleveland Browns or, you know, wherever, good luck to you. What a messed up franchise that is now. Yeah. But see, that's why I wouldn't give Goff an extension right now. I would not get happy feet right now. You know, it's like, show me next year. And if you made it, here's the check. Have fun. You know, go buy Uh yourself a new uh, bag of oranges. Now, mm-hmm. but for right now, yeah. for me to say based on an eight win, eight and one, you know, at the end of the season, let's beginning, let's remember the beginning of the season and your first season here. You know, you didn't make mm-hmm. anything fabulous, and it doesn't matter who's better or who's worse. What does it say in the record book? W and L, and it doesn't tell you the reason why mm-hmm. or how because the Minnesota. Should have had nothing but L's. Some hell of a way they made things. They lucked out. They did better. Blah blah blah. Last year, I would wait. Yeah. I would. Ser- I don't think golf is worth. I mean, the folks that are getting two hundred twenty-five million are folks that are in the high elite. He's nowhere near that. He's serviceable to good. Think, and I don't think he'd get that kind of money. You don't think he'd okay, hold out for it? I, uh, you know, for people that say that you shouldn't pay him forty million a year, I'm looking at it going. Well, what the hell do you think you're going to pay a guy? Look at the market. Right now, the market, the top five quarterbacks, the average annual value is forty eight, and it's only going to go up from there because Joe Burrow hasn't signed his extension yet. That's going to be scary. You got, you got some big money going to be rolling out for quarterbacks. It's going to push that number up, probably into the mid fifties. So if you're going to get Jared Goff at 40 a year, after these two years at 30, that sounds to me like a reasonable contract. Okay, I'm not scared of that at all. Now, if he thinks he's going to get 50 million a year, well, you go find it. All right, you want 40 years or 40 million for how many years? Let's say another two. Two. All right, I'm good with two. Five years time, and you know, again, it's going to be under. Under, it's probably going to be league average, roughly, for quarterback, which is fine. I think he's worth league average. 
He hasn't shown me even average. I mean, again, look at his win-loss. What is he? You know, if you show me something this season, it all goes on this season. If you have a winning season, and I mean go into the playoffs season, and I don't mean getting, mm-hmm. you know, drubbed out of the first season, then $40 million two years extension, I like that, Kenny. That makes a ton of sense. $40 million, six years, that's a Cabrera contract. No, thank Oh, by the way, he's in the best shape of his life. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking... Yeah, I'm certainly not talking about you don't have to extend him this year, and I'm not talking about signing him to a, uh, anything above league average. I'm yep. just saying with a guy with a guy like Goff and you know your 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 offense is having success with him, and you're doing things that accentuate what he does well. Yeah, that all that's all fine, and it's a contract where if you then go out and acquire your quarterback of the future. You could move the contract. You're not stuck. You're not paying somebody to take the contract like the Rams ended up doing with them. Right. Don't forget, when when he came out of his third year and they made the Super Bowl and they backed the money truck up, they signed this enormous contract that he's still under, and now it looks like a bargain, doesn't it? Yeah. But that's because... You know, again, they signed the five-year deal, and it was thirty million a year, and it was right at the top of the league of, of the league pay scale at the time. But see, that was and what I'm saying is right now he's at thirty, and if you tack a couple of years onto the end of it at forty, by the time he gets to the forty, that's going to be league average, maybe even a little below. Who knows? Yeah, I could do two years extension at 40. That I can do that all day long. That makes yeah. great sense to me. I just don't yeah. like the folks who go, well, the average quarterback's going for 220 right now, so you got to give him more than 220. And it's like, you don't have to give him 100. He has shown you nothing. He has won you yeah. nothing. And you have leverage over him just like he has leverage over you. Yeah. The leverage that you have is you want more? Go find it. Yeah, go, yeah. Who are you gonna go? Who are you gonna go talk to? You gonna talk to the Raiders? You gonna go talk to the? You gonna go talk to the Titans? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're gonna maybe go. Maybe you to, wanna go play for Maybe you wanna play for Belichick. You know, it's really gonna be even more fun if you go to Philadelphia <laughs> and you get the genius over there. Okay, but now, I mean, how are you going to go over to, you know, before everybody's cast-off used to use Cleveland as a push-off point. But now, Cleveland, every quarterback better give Cleveland a couple million dollars as a thank-you note for, for, you know, that Deshaun Watson, we can't wait to see this disaster this year. You know, as just one big, you know, and there you go, there's another owner with happy feet. And everybody goes, yeah. not worth it, he's not worth it, he's not worth it. And then you got somebody, and again, this is like a Williamson thing. You know, pay somebody who can't play because you think you're the smartest man in the room because it's going to preserve this person's body, and he's just going to get better because it's like, you know, he's not going through the rigors, which means, no, he just lost another year. His body click goes on another year, and he's got to take another year now to get his timing back. And I'm not sure he was all that fabulous in the first place. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so there you go. All right, so there's our Lions. You know, the cool thing about about coming up this Saturday, though, son, is that, I mean, yeah. this weekend, no more mock drafts. 
Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. But now we switched to basketball mock drafts. You know? Yeah. And now now let's not forget we're about three weeks away from the the NHL uh, draft lottery, also known as the Red Wings Memorial Screwjob. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, the annual screwjob for the Red Wings. Here you go. You know, the, the Red Wings had... 99 ping-pong balls. New York has one. Oh, New York wins. How did that happen? Good Lord. You know, it's like based on need. Well, I guess you don't need to get any better. You know, but then again, we should pause right now and take a little tip of the hat to that we did see that um, uh, Toronto is 3-1 and one right now, which means yeah. they're going to choke this one away, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just imagine that. It's, uh, yeah, well, they're playing Tampa, and Tampa, you know, they look like they're kind of on the downswing now. They, um, you know, they had their run, but uh, yeah, yeah, it happens in sports anymore. The uh, the contracts start to get a little up there when, when the guys have been on a winner, and then the uh, you have to let some guys go and bring some lesser players in and. And you go, well, gee, you know, we almost won that series, but we didn't quite get over the hump. And, you know, some of our key players are starting to get a little older. And, yeah, yeah you, you can see that going with Tampa now. But, uh, you it know, happens. You the, the, Toronto, the Toronto team, you know, they're they're young and they're hungry. No, they're not. No, <laughs> young and hungry? What? No, no, they're not. No, I mean, it's everybody else's. It's funny in Toronto they're they're waving these big flags for Montreal flags, you know, because Saints are going three and one, and then Montreal took the series, <laughs> you know. It's happened a couple times before where where Toronto's up three one, and then chokes it away. So if they do it this time around, just move the franchise to Hamilton. Well, here's here's the thing, you know, the the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know they're they're kind of like the New York Yankees in that they think that the world revolves around them. Mm-hmm. The reason they're not like the Yankees is because they never goddamn win. <laughs> no, they win regular season. They do fine regular season. It's when it counts. It's you know that's where it gets choked. Well, no, they do they do okay in the regular season. How many president trophies have they marked? Yeah, true that too. Yeah, but I mean, they're what number two, number three this year. You know, oh, great. Yeah, that's yeah. We were close to the best. We were competitive. <laughs> yeah, we came close to being the best. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, they're we're number three. If they're number three, that means twenty sevens below them. I would like to be number three as opposed to where Detroit's at right now. You know, subsequently right now, yeah. But I mean, let's face it. You look at the, uh, you look at the Red Wings, and you know, hopefully they're building to something bigger. But you know, the the thing is, we can remember the Red Wings winning the Stanley Cup, and we weren't soiling our diapers at the time. <laughs> we yeah. were, we were, we were actually had double digits in our age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see where you're going. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's I mean, like, yeah. We haven't, it's, been rebuilt, we haven't been rebuilding since 1967, you know. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, last time we won, Warren wasn't nine years old as a city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> Lord. 
You know, it wasn't like uh, we were. You think about it, man. If you really think about it, if you were born what in uh, 60, 1960, you were in fifth grade last time they won. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. And if you were yeah. the last time the Lions won in 58, you were in third grade. You know, mm-hmm. and think about all your life's accomplishments you've had since third grade, and that's the last time they won. Whee! Yeah, well, you look, you look at the Lions and you say, you know, the last time they won the NFC North, it wasn't the NFC North. <laughs> the Central, yeah. Or, or, yeah, I mean, it's so old, it was called the Norris. I <laughs> borrowed it from the, from the hockey side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, good Lord. I mean... The whole nine yards, you take a look at the at the goaltender that they're coming up from the walleye, you know, that kid from, from Toledo, and he seems to be all-world. Yeah. Let's see what he does mm-hmm. in one grade up, you know. Let's see yeah. what he does in uh, in uh, Grand Rapids, you know, and then let's see what your, you know, what the hockey gods give you. I mean, Let's see. What do they got? They got a a rebuild in hockey is such a god awful slow process. I give you baseball. You've got now. You've got these guys now that just signed their entry level contract and they got a sniff at Grand Rapids, so they're going to come over and play in Grand Rapids next year. They're still a year out. Uh, We we saw flashes of Soderblom. And Casper uh, and Edmondson this year, yeah. but not much more than a cup of coffee, you know. You know, and there are other guys moving through the system, and it's just slow, slow. Yeah. But you know, I will tell you this: Casper uh, came over as an 18-year-old on a busted kneecap, and it looked like he belonged. True. I mean, that was very encouraging. So next year, I doubt he'll make the wings, but he could. But uh, even if he starts Grand Rapids, he's getting close. Boy, he's going to—I think he's going to be a good one. And then, um, you know, you look at the draft this year, and um, apart from the lottery, uh, they've got—I uh, think it's a 17th pick in the Islanders, 17th or 18th, as well as their own. And then in the second round, they got 40, 41, 42. Wow. So, of those three picks, boy, he's going to hit one of them. You know that. Well, yeah, I mean, and and the cool thing is, and it was heartening with all their exit interviews, it was like, we got to get tougher. We got to get tougher. You know, and then mm-hmm. Eisenman goes, well, that doesn't mean I got to get somebody 6'5", 250. It's exactly what it means. I mean, you know, look, uh, Eisenman, call me, won't well, you? What the hell do you think he's been drafting? All these guys he's drafting are six five two forty, but they're I mean, not tough. He, he, one of the things, one of the things that they were looking at in the draft last year, I mean, you're looking at uh, what the hell was that guy's name? He wound up going to Buffalo to pick after, and he said, "Well, they're not against him. He's kind of small, and they may have to move him to winger. Don't take him." And then they took Casper. It's like, oh yeah, Casper was like six one six two, but I mean, you, you look at the rest of these guys are drafting. These are. He drafts big guys. Yeah, they're big, but they're, you know, would you rather have Manute Ball or Greg? You know, I mean, Manute Ball is way bigger than Greg. 
there's not a lot of toughness throughout there, and, and he'll you know he'll add that as he goes along. But uh, you know his point is you know I don't have to draft the guys that are six five. No, you draft the guys that are tough. But those guys generally aren't drafted at the top of the draft anyway. Those are guys that you draft a little further, and then they develop. Yeah, well, we're waiting. I mean, you do need somebody that you put fear in the ice, and of course, you don't need, you know, a, a missing link. You know, I mean, a guy that is terrifically one-dimensional. Maybe you do, because it's easy to run the Detroit. You know, Sherratt will will kill you. You know, if he can, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's a middleweight puncher. They need, you know, yeah. obviously somebody. I've, all these other teams have one, you know, and Detroit. Yeah, and, you know, let's face it. Cider plays with an edge too. No, no doubt about that. Um, one guy I was surprised who showed a little more spunk than I expected was Wallman. He stick yeah. his nose into it here. Yeah, but you know, it only takes one guy. To be a tough guy that makes a lot of other guys around you tougher. I mean, Shanahan mm-hmm. got tougher because you had the Bruce Brothers, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was like Shanahan by himself, man, he'd be fighting all day long. But if you knew that it's like you were the, the tag team partner that comes in and you let the big boy, like, smack around people, all of a sudden you became braver. Okay, that works. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's like you do definitely need somebody big. And Detroit loves somebody who's that big. I mean, Probert's been gone for years now, and they still, it's mm-hmm. like a deity. You know, and it's like we said at the top of the show, you have McCarty, who still, you know, he did nothing else really crazy spectacular, but everybody still loves the guy. Okay. Sure. And he happened to score the game-winning, the cup-winning goal against Philly. That, that was did my help, yeah. Yeah, in overtime. Yeah, that was cool, you know. But he yeah. was—he wasn't. I mean, in here, <laughs> you know, for being the baseball fan that you are, Ken, I, you know, the the one thing that used to tire us out so much was any kind of rain delay. Channel Four would trot out the '84 Tigers championship season, you know, on TV to the point where that's the only thing you had. It's kind of like when they had to have a Detroit moment on TV, they would trot out. You know, Bob Seger or Aretha or Kid Rock or Eminem. And, like, that's the only thing we have, you know. And, yeah. and it's kind of like, all right, this is dull already. You know, you, yeah. you guys keep trotting out the, the Colorado fight years, you know, the Lemieux times and all that stuff. Seeing it, seeing it, done it, it doesn't even it doesn't have any impact when you roll it every single year. We get it. You know, we know how the fights go. We know how the goalies beat up on each other. It, it, we don't even hate uh, Colorado. They're so far ahead of not, of us now. They've been for years. You know, yeah. so there isn't any... Ugh, not like we... Ha- I can't... Ken, can you think of a Detroit team where we have really still today bad blood of any of the four teams that we have there's a team that, that just comes into town and it's like, <laughs> we can't wait for this. No, and the reason is because our team has been so bad that you really you don't even look at the other team. You just look at your team and go, oh, this is pitiful. <laughs> and, you know, this year, this year finally, 
Yeah, you're right. We saw, we saw, we saw things kind of stabilize this year. The power play was a little better. Penalty yeah. kill was a little better. Defensively, they were better. Coaching was better. Plus, their, their, their goal differential improved quite a bit. But really, at the end of the day, they moved from the eighth worst spot to the ninth worst <laughs> in terms of record. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it looked better. It was a better quality of hockey. Results weren't that much better. Yeah, you're so right. We're waiting. But then again, you know, then they were saying, well, thanks for the trade deadline because you ripped the heart out of the team when you traded everybody away. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's when you look back, you know, it's you're going to be happy you did. And unless you yeah. see Boston just re-sign him for a billion bucks. You know, good luck to you. But that's okay. He's going to come back here. Patusi will come back to Detroit. He's just a rental in Boston. He'll come back. He'll come back. Oh, my God. Says the, But you don't hear any of the Detroit uh, fans kind of really campaigning that hard for him, do you? No. And he's a guy that, you know, frankly, because of the injuries, just he missed a ton of time over the years. I think he had one real full season, and the rest of the time he was half injured half the time. And not only that, but, uh, you know, not getting vaccinated, so he couldn't play in Canada. That's the killer. That sure didn't. That sure didn't help much. But you know what? At best, he missed 20 games there. But it always stuck in Detroit fans' head. This guy's not a teamer, you know, at all. Right, right. And that's that's kind of the... That's kind of the um, image that uh, Jameson Williams is building for himself here, too. Mm -hmm. That's not good. Because, you know, basically what his, his... approach is communicating to the fans is, I don't give a damn. That's not good. Yeah, but you, you got your tough guy uh, coach, you know, your head coach there, who is, you know, a tough guy and our way and bite kneecaps and all this crap. How is he letting this crap go on? How is he letting this guy, this kid get a, away with all this stuff? I mean, how did they draft him in the first place? Yeah, that's certainly a question. Um, you know, the other thing is, in, ter- in terms of letting him get away, I mean, there have been things that have been said that he needs to, you know, do his part and this and that. It, 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 there have been uh, signals sent out that they are not happy with him. And not just now because of the gambling thing, but before as well. The fact of the matter is that everyone is waiting for this guy to come back from injury last year, and he didn't see the field hardly at all. Okay? Yeah. They just didn't put him out there. And, you know, again, that, that's part of it. So, you know, you don't just chop the guy's head off right away, but, you know, you're trying to send messages, and he's sending messages back, which include a middle finger. Well, yep. There's only so much of that you're going to do. Now, guess what? Now you have the opportunity to say, you know what? The door is right there, and we're not going to put up with any more shit. Because why? It won't cost us to push you through the door and lock it. Yeah, they save $7 million, though, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the signing bonus and all that other stuff. You know, but then again, mm-hmm. you're going to have an Atlanta. You're going to have a, a Raiders that's going to pick you up. You know, Fine. peace out. And they're going nowhere. Yeah. 
I mean, go have it. I mean, it's like if you show that immaturity here, you know, if that's what it takes, you know. And again, you're just the you're the the poster child of coddled um, uh, gentleman of an athlete that never had to do anything or cared, and it's all about me. I mean, to do the middle finger, you're right. Of going, if that really is him in Las Vegas. And, and doing that stuff, going what? What? I, I just went to a sporting event. Now, I mean, who's your who's your uh, agent? Not like you care anymore. Yeah. But you would think yeah. that the agent would say, "Look, dude, light it up, and then we're going to get a badass contract and go." But I mean, you know, yeah. they keep trotting out Saint Raymond, Saint Ra. You know, it's uh-huh. like this is the poster child of Detroit Lions. Work ethic's going to be sitting film every day, you know, brushes his teeth and combs his hair. And then you got this thing. And I think what yeah. burns people is that we moved up to get you, you idiot. You know? Yeah. And then and, and to get up, to move up while you were hurt and you could have plummeted huge. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anybody else that was fighting for him. And then you kind of go, well, all right, I'm- that's on you, management. I don't think he'd have fallen much further because I think there'd be other teams that would have been willing to take the, the risk as well. And, you know, let's face it, nobody bats a 1,000, okay? But I, I, I think under the circumstances, you know, did they do a good job betting him? I don't know that. It doesn't look good at this point. No. But, you know, overall, they've done a good job in terms of bring, bringing the right people in on the draft. But we'll have to see going forward. You know, we got another draft coming up now, and... You know, I'm sure that uh, everybody's going to have their mock draft charts out there, and they're going to be following the picks, and they go to see how they compare to their picks in the mock draft, and then they're going to grade the draft picks the day after because, yeah. you know, I had the guy going third, and you, you know, I had the guy going eighth, and you picked him third, so you obviously get a D. Yeah, no, it, you get a D because you had him going eighth, and he went third, you idiot. Or else you get the guy that says, I'm going to rate him as an A-plus, you know, because he's a solid addition to this team. And then the kid washes out. You don't know anything. I mean, this whole thing, as much as it's a fine little side bet, I mean, it's kind of like rice-a-roni with your meat. You know, it's a cute little thing on the side, and it's tasty, and there you go. But it's not the main course. Nobody knows anything. And, again, this goes back to another Ken Pocket saying, you know, you, you none of these things matter. You know, they're just yeah. fun little things to talk about. But how many times does, you know, Rosenhaus have, have like, uh, their version of their guys coming out? You know, and then you have mock draft one, 1, 1.0, 1.2, 1.3, 3.0, 7.0, 9.0, right the day beforehand. You know, based on nothing. It's not because nobody, no team is going to say, we definitely for sure are going for Bryce Young. You know, no one's playing their hand. It's it's what one station calls silly season, and it is. Everybody's putting out bullshit and smoke screens, and it kind of mm-hmm. shakes your head of why are you guys going for them when they have no intentions of going for them. Look, don't say a thing. Yeah. Say we brought people in, and there you go. It is poker playing, but it's only poker playing when you're picking 10, 11, 12, 13, 1, two, one through 6, 1 through 8. You know, you're not playing that much poker. Yeah, but let's face it. 
once the draft is done, then the real work starts because you got to work on developing these guys. True and we've that. seen we've seen the coaching staff here working with players and developing. And we've seen the improvement during the year and from year to year versus what we'd seen before here was the guys you draft them, you bring them in, they get lost. Yeah, so you know, a lot of it, a lot of it depends on can you develop the players that you bring in. But this also goes back to what you just said a couple of minutes ago. You get an NHL player, you sign him as a junior, you sign him as an 18-year-old, you know, to come on in. You don't see him show up for, you know, till he's 24 if you're the Red Wings. When you draft mm-hmm. an NFL player, there isn't any minor leagues to put him in. You get on that sideline or you wash out. And I think that's what makes people more interested in in this draft because especially if you're – you know, shrine of the little flower, and you hope that you get like a really decent person. Then it's like, yay, mm-hmm. we have hope. Oh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, because you got one, but the other, the rest of them suck. <laughs> yeah, that's right. what we've seen here in Detroit over the years. Is you bring in a Barry Sanders, or you bring in a Matt Stafford, but you don't bring in anybody else, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, or you bring in a Lashore. You know, and, the, yeah. and he was supposed to be all world and keep going. Or a Charles Rogers, keep the weed away from you. If anything, they should put like a documentary of Charles Rogers in every rookie training camp. See this? This guy had incredible yeah. talent. See this? He was out of the league in a flat of an eye. You know? Yeah. That could happen to you. Yeah. Okay. But that's how they did. All right. So. Moving right along, you got a whole six minutes. <laughs> you know? All right. So we kind of got the Red Wings. All right. Let's what have piss and talk. about it six whole minutes, right? <laughs> oh. I know. I just thought of something. There was a certain team that just finished the season here recently that was at the bottom, like the Titanic, at the bottom of the league. I mean, it looked up to see fish. It was it was so bad. This team, who will go nameless temporarily, they were so bad that they were not only the worst team in the league, they were the worst team by five games. Look up to see it fish. It wasn't even close. <laughs> uh, now, now, this team... Yes. To go by the initials of DP, which means Detroit Pistons, if you don't know. <laughs> they, they were they were sold to us as, oh, you know, they're an up-and-coming team. Well, now you look at the train wreck. The coach is gone. They kicked him upstairs. They said, <laughs> oh, he's a good guy. We're going to have him work on um, growing mushrooms. Something, yeah. Because we, yeah. we can't. We, we don't be mean. We don't want to fire him. We just don't got it in us. We'll, we'll find him a new position. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I really believe in Troy Weaver. Why? Why do you believe in Troy Weaver? Point to something. Show me why you believe in Troy Weaver. Well, he brought in good players who didn't do jack shit. Oh, well, um, he, he's a nice guy. I mean, he's got a good smile. and Friendly. Yeah, friendly, yeah. Right. Well, Drives a nice car, keeps it clean. Yeah. Um, good to his oh, neighbors. Boy. His lawn's cut, doesn't oh, have any uh, 
uh, Dandelion Senate. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. When he came in, it was like great guns. Look at him. Trade away everybody. And boy, he was like getting rid of the dead weight and all this stuff. And so now you can hide behind the, well, our best guy had an injury. It was your first year rookie. You know, if your first rookie year rookie is so, you know, if that's your savior, then your team of veterans and all that stuff, you know, you <laughs> if you depend on, on your – the whole season went crappy because a first-year rookie got hurt. That says nothing about your team. Yeah. It says everything. It, this, team, this team quit. Oh, they yeah. Absolutely quit. I mean, they were better tankers than the 76ers were. Philadelphia yeah, unfortunately, 76ers. It's, the, it's the NBA, and tanking doesn't help you. Yeah, I mean, really, yeah, but, you know, the funny thing is, you're right. They were so low, they had to look up to see fish. Uh, yeah. It, it's, but yet, you know, and the lottery has the New York Knicks. The lottery has the Los Angeles Lakers picking first, even though they're, you know, however that goes. We're so jaded in Detroit because we've seen this before, and we've seen it with the Red Wings year after year. And, you know, we're looking to Eisenman to just blow his top once and said, man, you're right. We got screwed this time around. You know, and he never did. And it, it's like, okay, Pistons, if you don't get back-to-back number ones, you know, some, or, or, or number two, I mean, I know that this kid from France is supposed to be all generational kind of thing. But it seems like every year, Kenny, does it to you that – before we used to go like three or four draft picks or draft years without having a generational talent. This year, every every single year for the last four or five years, we've had a generational talent. Everywhere. In fact, we got one of them. Where? We got one of them. Kate Cunningham was supposed to be a generational talent. He really was. Generational. Yeah, they were about, hey, this guy's great. He's going to be a top guy in the draft. He's generational talent. Da, 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 da. They fade for Cade, they said. And we did a hell of a job. Yeah, we did fade. We did a good job there, but. So did he. This much. I'm just thinking, how many more wins is he worth, Kenny? <sighs> Five, maybe. Maybe yeah. he'd have got enough wins there for you to. Escape the seller. See, that's that's what I'm saying too. I mean, I don't see this guy going from worst to first because of Cade Cunningham. You got a lot of other moving parts on that team besides a shitty coach who could not teach anybody defense. Nobody. Yeah. And it wasn't you just you know didn't teach like like Cade Cunningham was going to come in and you know stone everybody, be the second coming of Rodman, you know, so everybody else could could win. I mean, look at how many people got hurt, and I'm using the bunny quotes at the end of the year. I mean, they were doing a total Lions thing when they were out of it. Everybody got hurt with the last month to play. Okay. Yeah. You know, everybody had back injuries that you couldn't see. Okay, great. You know, I mean, you're right. This team quit, and and God love them, they quit. And nobody... But yet, you know, the funny thing was that people could still see people in the stands. What the yeah. hell are you guys going for? Yeah. All right. And then on, a, on one last note. Please. 
Yes, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here. But one last note is <laughs> this team, this Tigers team, that very nearly ended their season by tax day. Yeah, they were sitting two and nine, and then they won five in a row. I don't know how, but you know, oh, they'll turn it around when the weather turns. Oh better. no! Uh, you know what? No. Not that here's one. A, here's, a, here's a list of the statistics that they are the worst in MLB. Mm-hmm. Batting average, runs scored, hits, slugging percentage, OPS. And, oh, by the way, they're not the worst in a base percentage or second from worst. <laughs> well, yeah, but everyone's going they're going to point no. to the bullpen and say, all those numbers don't matter. Look at the bullpen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah well, look at the bullpen. Go ahead and look at the bullpen all you want. Yeah, it's LW, friends. That's all that matters. Long summer ahead. Yeah, stay tuned because AJ is such the manager that he makes everybody better around him, said nobody ever. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right, Bob. I mean, we got a whole lot. We could still cover a ton, and let's cover a lot of baseball next next week because by that time we'll have a pretty good sample of games. And I cannot believe that they lost yep. to Milwaukee. But and not right. only that, we'll be doing Milwaukee. our our post mock draft. Yes. Oh, you don't want to miss this because we'll be yeah. grading the draft. <laughs> cool. All right, Kenny. I always run. I always run my mock draft the week after the the, the draft, anyway. So <laughs> you'd be surprised how accurate it is. Yeah, I mean, we do a real draft. We don't do a mock draft. We do the real one, you know. So we're always hundred percent right. So you want to wait for us, yeah. <laughs> All right? So uh, get our. Jeez, uh, it's been such a long time. You can always pick up the Detroit Sports Authority everywhere where you pick up your your fine. Uh, podcasts and that's anywhere between iHeart and Spotify and uh, the Apple thingy etc 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 so for the super CPA Ken Pocket myself John Sarver thank you so very much for being with the Detroit Sports Authorities ready Kenny yes bye bye, <laughs> bye Kenny bye <Hi>, tonight <laughs>